May only God's word be spoken and may only God's word be heard. Amen. Today, we, the people of St. Mary's, celebrate our namesake on her feast day. As is appropriate for a church named for Mary, our building is full of Marian art. Right here above the candle stand is an image of La Virgen de Guadalupe. This is one of two Guadalupe images that we have displayed year-round here in the church. La Virgen de Guadalupe is a vision of Mary that an Aztec convert to Christianity, Juan Diego, had about 500 years ago. Mary appeared to Juan Diego not in first century Palestinian clothing, nor in 16th century Spanish clothing, but as an Aztec princess. It is a rich and powerful story that has taught me much in my 13 years of ministry here with you. One of the many things this story has taught me is that Mary is not just about an historical person who lived 2,000 years ago, but Mary has been important to Jesus' followers throughout the generations. It was important to Juan Diego and his people to see Mary as one of them, calling them to ministry, leading them to God through her son, Jesus. And Mary's important to us today that is especially true for us here at St. Mary's. As I mentioned earlier, we have a lot of images here of St. Mary. So for our sermon today, Christine and I want to take you on a little journey through some of these images and reflect on St. Mary and her story, because her story is important to our story as the people of St. Mary's. Between the moment of her son's birth and the moment of his death, Mary was intimately involved in the life of this human boy and man. Thirty-plus years contains an infinity of moments, large and small, in the life of a mother and her beloved and complicated child. Scripture tells us about a few of those moments, and they reveal a great deal about Jesus' close relationship with his mother Mary. On this journey today, we will visit several of those moments, but our journey will not be chronological. We will start near the end of his life with one of the most significant of those moments when he is on the cross. This story relates that even when Jesus was in great agony and near the moment of his death, he thinks about the welfare of his mother. He speaks from the cross and says to Mary, woman, here is your son. And he says to his beloved disciple, here is your mother. For me, the beloved disciple depicted here at the foot of the cross is standing in for me and for you, the beloved children of God. From the cross, Jesus reminds us of our deep connection to one another through him and through Mary. We are connected to each other through the love of God. From the end of his life to the beginning, before the beginning even, we find Mary. Mary's story begins before Jesus is born, before he's even conceived. Her story begins in the Annunciation, 
when an angel appears and tells her that God is inviting her to bear God's son. Her pregnancy would be scandalous and likely quite dangerous. After expressing some fear and doubt, Mary courageously consents to this request. She says yes to God. But she still isn't totally sure. The angel told her some verifiable news. The angel claimed that her cousin Elizabeth was, surprisingly enough, also pregnant, six months pregnant. And so Mary goes to check it out. This statue carved by one of our parishioners, the late Les Bridenthal, comes from this moment when she visits Elizabeth, has the angel's message confirmed, and then Mary breaks out in song, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he's looked with favor on his lowly servant. This song goes on to say that the proud will be scattered and the lowly lifted up. This is the promise that God has made throughout the generations back to Abraham. In this song, Mary joins the prophets in their task of sharing God's vision for this world. As I mentioned earlier, Mary's story is not just about what happened around 2,000 years ago. Mary still has deep meaning for us today. As I look at the statue and I remember the Magnificat, I'm reminded of a story that took place 55 years ago. A young seminarian, Jonathan Daniels, was in chapel for Evensong in Cambridge, Massachusetts at the Episcopal Divinity School. As they sang the Magnificat that night and he heard those prophetic words that Mary uttered, he heard her speaking to him. And he knew that he had to also participate in God's dream that Mary proclaimed. And so he went down south to fight for civil rights for black people starting in the spring of 1965. Tragically, 55 years ago this week, he was murdered by a deputy sheriff protecting the life of a young black woman named Ruby Sales. Dr. King said that what Jonathan did was one of the most heroic Christian deeds of which I've heard in my entire ministry. Jonathan's work, Dr. King's work, Ruby Sales's work is incomplete. But Mary's song still rings out, inviting us to participate with them and Mary and Jesus in God's dream. I was 22 years old when my first son was born. We had a wonderful birth experience in a homey birth clinic, and my son's birth was perhaps the happiest, most miraculous event of my life up to that point. My heart was overflowing with love for this beautiful new human. Well, we were driving home from the clinic, my precious newborn in my arms, when I saw children sledding down hills of snow beside the road, and I burst into tears. My husband stopped the car alarmed and said, what's wrong, what's wrong? He's going to die, I sobbed, and those children are going to die. My son was less than a day old. I was deeply in love with him, and for the first time in my life, I understood this other aspect of being alive. I suddenly grasped the marvelous and terrible paradox of human life 
We are born and we die. I've spoken to many new mothers since who have experienced precisely this shock of realization. I think it's a deep intelligence of the body that motivates us to protect this vulnerable new life. Certainly Mary felt the full range of human emotions, love and protectiveness and fear. When we come into our church here at St. Mary's, we see this wall of stained glass windows representing some of our favorite stories from the Bible about Mary and Jesus. The first one is this one depicting the birth of Jesus. Mary kneels above the baby, Jesus raising her arms in the traditional posture of prayer, which can mean praise and also pleading. Now we know the story. Each year we move through the great story cycle of Jesus's birth, death, and resurrection. We look at the icon of Jesus's birth here and we know that he will die. Mary had the courage and the strength to say yes to God, to carry and bear this baby, and we know she will have the courage to see him through to the very end. Even in this moment of rejoicing, of birth, we see in the background the red cross, and we know what she will face. We rejoice with Mary, and we know what we must face. These two windows act as bookends to this panel of story windows, and visually they present as mirror images. In the birth window, Mary is facing left to the past, to the moment of hope that has been foretold the birth of the Messiah. And in this one, Mary is facing right to the future, to the resurrection, and to this moment you and I are in together. In the birth window, Mary's arms are raised up, and in this one, her arms are inverted down. One hand encircles Jesus's arm, the other is extended downward in blessing or prayer or release. She commends her son to the ground, to his descent to the dead. She loves him beyond all imagining, and she lets him go. The head of her beloved son, Jesus, her grown son, lies in her lap between her knees as though he has just been born. And in our story, he has been reborn into the new life, which begins with death. I can think of no happier moment for a mother than the birth of her child. And for a mother, I can think of no agony greater than to hold the dead body of her child. This window represents to me the ability to show up for the hardest thing possible, to be willing to be present in spite of intense suffering, to minister, to hold, to bless, and to let go.
Mary holds in her lap the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. She therefore holds us, these two windows tell us, both in the moment of our birth and the moment of our death. Mary is best remembered for her roles at the beginning and at the end of Jesus' life. But she does pop up a few times in the middle of the story as well. This window right here depicts one of those moments in the middle of the story where Mary shows up. In this window, we see the story of the miracle at the wedding in Canaan of Galilee. Mary and the disciples and Jesus are at a wedding and the bridal party runs out of wine and Jesus comes in and saves the day by taking six large jars of water and turning them into wine so that the party can go on. One of the important and often overlooked details in this story is that Jesus didn't want to do it. He said that he wasn't ready yet, but he does it because his mom, Mary, pushes him to do it. You can see her there in the window, kind of staring down at him, making sure he does what she wants him to do. I love this detail because it reminds us that that first miracle only happened because Mary made it happen. Sometimes we wonder why it is that God just doesn't perform a miracle in a moment. And this story reminds us that maybe sometimes God is waiting for us to take the first step. Finally, we come to this powerful icon of Mary and her son Jesus, who is both the child, her child, and the risen Christ, the Son of Man, the Son of God. This is a deep icon for me, many-layered and disturbing. I start out thinking I am looking into the eyes of a depiction of Mary, but this is not a sentimental Mary who is going to soothe me and reassure me. This Mary is challenging me. After a while, I have the feeling that Mary is looking at me and she is looking right into me, deep into me. Her gaze is piercing my soul. I feel myself drop into the cave of my own being. I can't back away from Mary's gaze. Her face is right next to the face of Jesus, and I feel he is looking deep into my soul as well. He is giving Mary the direction to look into me and to ask the really difficult questions. And the questions shake me and challenge me. Mary asks me those questions that her life so profoundly illustrate. Will you join me in following my son, Jesus Christ, in the way of courage and compassion? Will you stand with the poor and the vulnerable in this time of great struggle? Will you do the hard work of social justice? Will you truly be the body of Christ in this world? Will you 
be the, the beloved disciple and let me take care of you as you do this hard work? In every step of the story, Mary shows up. She shows up for the hard stuff. She embodies prophetic faith and courage, and she does it consistently with tenderness and compassion. We are St. Mary's. We belong to this church, and we belong to Mary herself. May we walk ever deeper in the way of courage and compassion.